Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, trusting you for the blessing, trusting you to feed us, Father, and and, uh, choosing to believe your promises, Lord, to believe your word. Pray that you would be with me as I speak. God, my lips, Father. <clears throat> pray that pray that you would give each of, of us a, a blessing, Lord, today through this meditation and through the rest of the service, Lord. Bless our visitors. Pray you'd meet their needs as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for those prayers. Well, my text is in uh, Hebrews 11. Title of this meditation is Seeking God in Faith. born out of a need in my own heart and I trust that we can it can minister to the rest of you as well we'll start reading well Yeah, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude, and as of the the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed, about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, and of Jephthah, 
of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So there we have... Just this chapter just touches on a whole list of people that acted by their faith in God <clears throat> and I think that can really that should be an encouragement to us. especially as we see the circumstances some of them faced. Um, Many of them a lot more difficult than what we might be facing today. Yeah, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. If things not seen. thought I was going to pull something out of that, but I cannot think now.
what that was other than <clears throat> as we look at Abraham, we consider him the father of the faithful. And um, it says there in verse 11 through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed well it was for Abraham as well it looked impossible I mean there was nothing no natural circumstance to indicate any possibility that they could ever have a child but as it says there in the end of verse 11 she judged him faithful who had promised Abraham also judged him faithful who had promised A few verses, you don't have to turn to them. Promises to those who seek the Lord in faith. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. God rewards those who diligently seek him in faith. Then Matthew 7, verse 7. 
Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and to he and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Notice he basically he basically says the same thing twice. So I think that's worthy of our attention. Luke 18, one day, you can turn to that if you want to. say uh, well I'll read the first verse here and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint I, I uh, find that a real challenge in my own life um finding myself fainting instead of always praying. But that is, the Lord knew that we would have that tendency and that's why he brought that up. Verse 2, saying, There was a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? We uh, see there in verse 7, our prayers might not be answered right away. But then it does say in verse 8, he will avenge them speedily. When the time is right, nothing will stop him from answering those prayers. But then at the end of verse 8, there's, there's a warning there. Shall he find faith on the earth? Are we going to stay faithful? Or are we going to faint?
Let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 3. There's some warnings to those who draw back here in Hebrews that I thought it would be. I don't want to uh, dwell on those, but I think it's good if we look at them and and consider that. <clears throat> Hebrews 3, 7-19 Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I find that a challenge to myself. I feel like I can be too much like those Israelites that focused on what what they didn't have and what they thought was wrong and what instead of praising God for what he had done for them for the great deliverance he had done for them he led them through the Red Sea and then the Egyptians were drowned when they did the same thing But do I thank God for what he has done and uh, um, And then proceed to make supplication for what I feel that I yet lack? Or do I just murmur and complain? It's it's a real challenge. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
There we have a promise. If we can commit everything to the Lord with thanksgiving. Then uh, it also speaks in here in Hebrews of the promise of rest and consolation. Going on in Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. I might just skip over some of this here for the sake of time. Again, verse 7, Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. In verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Then uh, Hebrews 6, verses 10 through 20. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater he swear by himself, saying, Surely a blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And that's, we have trouble doing that sometimes, patiently enduring. But, That is a requirement. Sometimes it may be a long time, sometimes not so long. But do we patiently endure? 
do I patiently endure. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. We're in God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So I guess that's what I'd like to leave with us, is that we have a strong consolation and are we fleeing to that refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul so that's what we want. We want our souls to be anchored. And the anchor is that solid rock, Christ Jesus. Is that where our hope is, or do we... We grow faint and start looking to other things for our hope. When, as we all know, those things quickly let us down. Or other people. Other people will let us down, too. But God is the anchor. Christ is our anchor. So I guess that's all I have. Hope that can encourage each of you. This morning, and I would like to say, like the, 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 the shepherds there went to the manger and they saw the Lord Jesus laying there in the manger. I would like to ask us this morning if the shepherds would come and look into our manger this morning, what would they find? If the shepherds, you can go back there, the shepherds that were there when Jesus was born, if the shepherds would come and look into my manger, would look into your manger, to make it even more personal, look into my heart, look into your heart, what would they find there? What would the shepherds that are here today, if they would come and be allowed to look into your manger, into your heart, what would they find there? Well, we find here when the... uh, Now, bear with me a little bit here, but, uh, you know, illustrations always break down, but but, uh, when they came and they found Jesus there, He was 
sweetly, I imagine, just sweetly resting there. Maybe he cried at times, but yet there was a peace. The peace of God was there. Is the peace of God in your manger this morning? Is the peace of God in my manger this morning? Is there a rest there that, that, that the world cannot take away? If the shepherds would be allowed to come and look into my manger or into your manger this morning, into my manger this morning, what would they find there? Would they find rest? Or would they find something else? Would they find turmoil and, and unrest and, and sin and, and unbelief and, and, and you can fill in the blanks? <sighs> If Jesus, or if the shepherds would come and look into my in, into your manger, or my manger, into my heart, into your heart, what would they find there? <clears throat> would they find things stashed away in the back corner? Maybe some dirty magazines stashed away back in the corner, and we say, "Oh, everything's okay, everything's okay," but please don't look over there. <clears throat> Or is there, like we said earlier, is there some bitterness there that we try to say, oh, everything's okay? Uh, um, um. Is there hatred there? Is there unrest there? If the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Jesus Came, his, thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. Every one of them. Every one of them. Praise God. <clears throat> Let us not cover anything up. The Lord Jesus came. In a, yes, in a manger. He came as a little babe, but He also died on a cruel cross so that we could be cleansed, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have the joy that, that, uh, <clears throat> that is unspeakable and full of glory. <clears throat> Praise God. What would the shepherds find in your, in your, uh, in your manger this morning? What would the shepherds find? And this thing of rest has, is, is, has always been, and we heard it this morning. Yes, uh, Marcus, you talked there in, in uh, Hebrews there about rest. And I, in Matthew it says, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. There's a rest there that comes when, when, when a person comes to salvation. And it almost seems like there's, there's, a, 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 there's a learning aspect. As we learn of Christ, there's a, there's a deeper rest that comes to our soul. <clears throat> Are you resting in the sweetness of the Lord? You know, just that aspect of uh, of uh, where it Jesus or where it says Jesus would have said said it there. He says, uh, <clears throat> "Learn of me, 
Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. That's where the rest comes. If we're proud, there's no rest there. There's no rest there. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. Is your soul at rest this morning? I have, I have uh, over the years, I have a book on my bookshelf on the, uh, oh, can I think of the title now? But it's on humility. Um, yeah. But I, I found myself over the years pulling that uh, uh, <clears throat> book off the bookshelf and just reading it and found great encouragement over the years. And I, a- after looking back, I've realized, I believe the reason why is because it's a book on humility. Jesus says, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. You know, somewhere we, we wrestle with the pride, our pride, our reputation or whatever. We get stepped on or whatever. And that thing wants to step up right away. But Jesus says, learn of me. Just die. Just die. Then what happens? You're gone. No, there's rest. There's rest in the soul. Praise God. Well, we need to move on. I like to hear somewhat in closing, kind of have maybe two questions that I would like to ask. The one, the first one is, uh, you know, I didn't. I don't think I quoted the verse yet in John three sixteen, where it says, "For God so loved the world." that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. What did He do? He gave His only Son. He gave His Son, the little Lord Jesus, there in the manger. He gave His Son. They had sweet fellowship. When they were in glory together, they had sweet fellowship. But God saw a need down here on this sin-cursed world, and He sent His Son for you and me that He might die on a cruel cross so that we could be cleansed, forgiven. God gave His Son. The question comes to you and me here this morning is, what will you give? What will I give? It says there in Romans, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, God, which is our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service. When we really stop and think about what God did, what Jesus did, God, what did He gave His Son, then Jesus gave His life. He also said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He forgave. Talking about bitterness, that's what needs to happen. You need to forgive. Jesus, He forgave. He he is a perfect example of forgiveness. What will you give this coming year? What will I give? I'll give my little bit in the offering plate and then I'll think, ah, I did my job. I'll do this little uh, thing over here. Uh, yeah, we heard about evangelism, so I see this poor soul, so I should say something to him. Maybe I should give him a track. Well, praise the Lord.
if that happens. God can, uh, how was it Paul that said, rejoiced when he was in prison there. But anyways, <clears throat> what will I give? What will you give this year? You know, it takes more than just a, a legal, how could I say, our, our Christian life needs to be more than a legal Christian life, if you know what I mean by that. Where we just do it because, well, God said, so I better do it or I'll, I'll be judged. And I don't want to be judged. <clears throat> I, I, I want God's blessing, so we kind of do it because of that. But brothers and sisters, there's a much higher plane to live. And the plane is, is where the love of God is, is so shed abroad in our hearts that, that, that it motivates us. I don't know what happens to a man that, that, is, that God actually fills with. I don't know. I don't think it can happen. Where God's love is so full in, in the man, because there's some other things that have happened before that. That man was seeking. He wanted God. He wanted the fullness of God, if you will. And when God sheds His love abroad in his heart, it's like there's, there's a goal that he goes and he does something. <clears throat> May God help us. To go. May God help us to have our hearts right. May we, may the Lord, may the shepherd, how should I say, may the shepherds find the Lord Jesus sweetly resting in our manger. Hallelujah. It says there in Isaiah, uh, can I turn to that yet? The last chapter in Isaiah, I think it is. I was looking at that yesterday about rest again. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things have my hand made and all those things have been said, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. God feels right at home there. God feels right at home there. The heart that is that uh, this man while look even to him that is poor on a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. <clears throat> May God find our hearts that way. And if our hearts are not that way, let us do something about it. Let us get desperate. Let us go in haste. <clears throat> so what are we going to give? May we give our all. May we give our all. May we meditate on what God did for us. And may it move us to action. <clears throat> the last question here is, is a little bit in light of Jesus, what would, the, what would the shepherds find lying in our manger, in our heart? The question is a little bit more, is, is if the shepherds would come, would they find Jesus alive in my heart? Would they find Jesus alive in your heart. And I ask this question. This is the question that came to me, was it last night? How do we know whether Jesus is in... You know, the shepherds, it, you know, Jesus was there in person. They could see Him. He was a baby. They could see Him. But you and me, brothers and sisters, we don't see Jesus with our physical eyes. So the shepherds come and they don't see Jesus anymore as, a, as, as, as they saw there. But the question to you and me is, is how will, the, how will the, the shepherds know whether Jesus is alive in our hearts or not? How do you know whether Jesus is alive in your heart or not? Well, in light of that, I'd just like to read Scripture. 
Let's go to Matthew. See what the Scripture says. Lest we say the wrong thing. It's in Matthew chapter... uh, I can find it here. Yes, in Matthew chapter 25... Where should I start reading here? <clears throat> How would the shepherds know whether Jesus is alive in our hearts or not? Let's start reading in verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come into His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory and before Him shall be gathered all nations and He shall separate them one from the other as shepherds divide His sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, How do we know whether Jesus is alive in our hearts? Come ye, blessed of my Father, and hear the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous say, answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? When saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. How will the shepherds know whether Jesus is alive in our hearts if this is what is happening? If it is, this, this is what is happening. May we be encouraged to give ourselves this coming year with all our heart. It says, uh, how does it say there? Jesus would have said, we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our neighbor as ourself. On this hang all the law and the prophets. Well, I trust we were encouraged to search our hearts. I trust we were encouraged to be evangelists, if you will. Uh, you don't have to be an evangelist. You can, if you're here as a, you might think a lady, well, I'm not an evangelist, but uh, you, there's different ways you can let your light shine. There's different ways that God can use you. And we've heard of different accounts where there was, there was turmoil and there was a woman, if you will, in the room that just brought the peace of God was in that, that woman's heart and it just brought peace to the situation. So there's different ways. May we walk with God this coming year. May we see the Lamb for who He is. He's a, or Jesus, the, the babe in a manger. He was the Son of God. May we see Him for who He is. And that He is... Yes, the Son of God who came into this world. He came, thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. I think I will leave it at that. May God bless you. May God have His way in our hearts and our lives. May we...
I'll just say the title here. I bring you good tidings of great joy. May we spread cheer cheer and joy this coming year. May God bless.